Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business, and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and, more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five- and six-figure launches, tripled their income, and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I hope you are so wonderful and having the best day ever. So excited for this solo episode today where I'm chatting through three proven ways to sell with soul and talking more about how sales does not need to feel gross. This is a really well-timed episode because at the time of recording this, we are in preparation mode at the moment for the 10K in 10 day challenge within the Swift Marketing Mastermind, which is a really fun 10 day experience. We kicked it off in the last round of the mastermind and it worked so well that I've decided for us to do it again twice this time round. So many of the conversations that we have during that 10 day period are sales conversations and how you can essentially have conversations with your ideal client where if they are right for what it is that you're offering, you can support them to join you in your program. And so the key thing that I said just there is if it is right for them, if it feels like a really good hell yes for them. And this is what I'm going to talk through today. So three proven ways to sell with soul that are not going to feel icky or slimy or gross and that are based around my methodology, which is the soulful sales method which is a pillar and one part of the Swift marketing method. So ultimately, you know, what is the soulful sales method? It is a concept of selling that is based on being a heart-centered, genuine human being. And if I were to kind of break that down even further, it's about mutually beneficial relationships and partnerships with your clients where both parties are served and supported. The way that I view sales and teach sales is that when you're selling effectively, everybody wins. So this is very much the antithesis of bro marketing. You know, we're not talking about patriarchal capitalist methods of selling that are based on fear. And if you don't do this now, then this is going to happen to you. We, I don't teach credit cards over the phone. I don't teach backing people into a corner. I don't teach any of that because all of those things are gross. They can feel icky. They don't feel right or, um, yeah, good in any way. But what I don't teach is 
not following up with your clients and not being there to support them and not guiding them through the process because that is almost the whole other end. That's like incredibly, incredibly, I've heard it described as like really feminine based sales where you're basically not there to support them in any way. And as humans, we want to be served and supported with our decision-making. We want to be able to have conversations. We want to know that we have the opportunity to be empowered and that we have someone there who is going to flip things back and forth with us and speak to us about what it is that we most need. And so when we're talking about soulful sales, it is all about building a relationship with your ideal client and supporting them through the process whereby if your program is the right decision for them, then they are going to be in because you have guided them towards making that decision and knowing that it is something that's going to support them, which in turn is going to help them to build the better business or create their better health plan or whatever it is that you provide. Really what I want you to know before we go into these three tactics strategies is that selling is essential when you're building your business. And so I do not believe that you can build and create the amazing business that you want to build and create without knowing how to sell, without being able to effectively sell in and show up for and share your products and services powerfully. To not sell, to not put your offers out there, to not invite your clients to work with you, to not have conversations about why your products or services are the best in the market is to lose business. And we don't want to do that because you've created these incredible offers. You've created these incredible opportunities for people to work with you. But if you're not out there sharing why they're incredible and why people need to purchase those products or services, then you're completely missing the memo. When we sell, it doesn't need to be sleazy. It doesn't need to be icky. Take, and I often say, you know, there's so much conditioning around why we think that sales is gross. Like my first memory of sales being really gross and really bad and really sleazy is Danny DeVito in Matilda as the slimy car salesman. (laughs) And I'm sure anyone who's around a similar age to me will get that reference. Uh, But if not, you might have had an experience of, you know, if we continue with the cliches, the real estate agent who seemed really, really over the top or the car salesman, if we're going to keep using these examples or the customer service representative over the phone or the person that knocked on your door. Like we've, we've got this preconceived notion of the slimy, non-genuine based sales processes that we've seen. And I'm talking generally speaking, of course, that is not good sales. That is not effective sales. Good sales is exactly what I'm going to dive into now. So I'm really, really excited to share some of these strategies with you. Let's chat through the first strategy around how to sell with soul. And the first one here is build genuine relationships. That obviously doesn't sound very groundbreaking as a title in itself, but I do believe that what I'm about to share with you is one of the biggest game changers possible when you are selling to your people. And that is that selling starts at product creation. 
selling starts at product creation. Here is why sales can feel really, really sticky sometimes. Let's say that you have launched a product to the market. You've put it out there. You've shared it on social media for the first time. You're having these cold conversations with people that you've never spoken to before about the product or service, and you're hearing crickets. One of the biggest problems in that situation, in that scenario, is that we haven't brought along our ideal client throughout the entire journey. So selling starts back at product creation means that we want to be in business, creating businesses and creating offers where your sales process starts back at the market research phase. The best businesses, the most effective, the most amazing and sustainable businesses are the ones that are built around a problem solution model. So that means that you are solving a problem and creating a solution for your ideal clients, for something that it is that they need. And that starts by getting market research to find out what it is that your ideal client most wants from you, how they want it delivered, what it looks like, how it is that you can serve and support them, their biggest challenges, the things that they need most. By doing that market research piece, not only are you getting the best possible information to create your offer, you're also starting the sales process because you're getting their buy-in to what it is that you're creating. So can you see how if you got your ideal client's buy-in when you launch it to the market, in other words, you haven't tested it at all, you haven't had conversations with them prior, it's going to feel so much more gross and hard to sell in an offer at that stage than it is if you've brought your ideal client along from the for the entire journey. So you've reached out to your community at the very start and gathered that market research that supports you to create something that you know they most want. You're able to say things like, I've created this because you've told me that this is what you want. I have been listening to what it is that you're saying, and I've built out something that I know is missing in the market right now. I have put together this offer for you that I know is going to support you because you've told me that it will. That already is putting you in a far better position to have these genuine sales conversations than it is to go in cold once your offer's created and it's already launched and it's in the market without having tested it. So when I say build genuine relationships, what I mean by that is focus on really solving your ideal client's problem and running your entire business from that place. Because when sales almost doesn't feel like sales, when sales kind of feels accidental, that's when you know that you're doing it well. And just to affirm what I mean here, I don't mean ignore sales. I don't mean prioritize sales. I mean, a hundred percent prioritize sales, but you want it to feel like it's this inbuilt part of the process. Like it's so organic for you to take your ideal client from ideation phase of your product through to sales. Like it's so natural. It's so organic. You have a really clear system of how you do it. 
sales is just built into your process because that's when it's going to feel most easeful. When you build those genuine relationships, when it comes time to sell your offer, it's going to feel so much easier because you're going to be able to say, so based on where you're at right now, this is what I've created. I have been told that these are the challenges that are coming up. This is the solution. This is why this product is best in the market. This is how it stands out. This is what makes it unique. I would love to support you with this. This is how I can help you. Like creating something that is not only backed by you, but also backed by your people is going to be the way that you sell that in. If there's anything you learn and take from this episode, keep in mind that selling starts at product creation, because when you are thinking about that as part of your process, it's going to feel so much more organic. It's going to feel so much more ingrained. It's going to feel so much more inbuilt into your your system and your business and your process that when you go to sell, it's going to feel somewhat effortless and there won't even be a question mark in your mind that things are gross. So backing what it is that you offer and getting your ideal clients or bringing your ideal clients along for the entire journey is everything. Let's now talk about strategy number two, which is to empower your potential client. So the way that I view objection handling So objections being, I can't afford it. I can't this. This isn't right for me because of whatever reason. The way that I view objection handling is that this is your time to hold your clients accountable in their highest. Hold your clients accountable in their highest, knowing that the truth for your ideal client will unravel when you do that. What the fuck do you mean, Ellie? Let me explain further. (laughs) Now, To talk this through, I need to start by sharing with you the biggest objections that we hear in the industry of being coaches, creatives, and consultants. So the three biggest genuine objections that come up are time. I don't have enough time. Money. I can't afford it right now. And readiness. I'm not ready. Maybe next year. I'm just not ready for this yet. This isn't the right season for me. And you might not hear those exact objections. They might come in different forms or different packages or different questions, but the majority of overarching objections outside of things like those calls aren't in my time zone or whatever else that might be specific to your unique program, those are the three overarching objections that my clients see and hear the most. The overarching objection that is at the core of all of those three objections is lack of self-belief if they are genuine objections. It's not always the case. It is not always the case. So please don't take it as an absolute. But a lot of the time, if somebody is saying that they don't have enough time, they don't have the money or they're not ready, it is related to a lack of self-belief. Let me break that down a little further. That might look like if I prioritize this time, it needs to be worth it and I need to truly make it work. Like if I prioritize this time, there's no hiding anymore. If I prioritize this time, I have to own that I'm all in on this. And that's really scary because what if I fail? If I 
pay this money for this program, that means that I am genuinely investing in what I want. Maybe it means I have to then have a conversation with my husband and truly own my vision, truly own what it is that I want to create, truly invest and show up and commit to this. And what if I don't get what I want? What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? And readiness, that concept of not being ready yet. And this is such an interesting one because readiness is a myth. It is a myth. We are never truly 100% ready. If we're waiting to be ready, we're missing the point. A lot of the time, these objections are about fear. Now, before I go on, I just want to mention here that it is worth knowing in full integrity that this is not always going to be the case. If somebody shares that they don't have the money, that may genuinely be the truth. They may genuinely not have the money, in which case that is okay and the program might not be for them. Or if you receive a no, thank you, this is not for me, and you keep going, that is not soulful sales. That is operating and moving forward without consent. If somebody is opening the conversation with further questions, then this is an opportunity to have those conversations, answer those questions, engage with that person. If somebody has said that they are a no, you honor the no. A lot of the time people won't tell you no, because a lot of the time this is the start of a conversation for somebody who's joining your program. And so, so often my clients, community members, people I have conversations with get deterred when they hear objections. But actually, if you're hearing quality objections, that means that that person trusts you enough to open up a conversation with you. And they are highly likely in, like, honestly, if they're having those conversations and they're asking those questions or they're sharing with you, I don't know because of this reason, or I'm not sure they're wanting to engage in a conversation with you. They're there to riff. They're there to have that conversation with you. And so just knowing the difference between consent and a conversation that you can have with your ideal client. And the minute you start hearing those objections, your job as the service provider is to hold them in their highest. That is your role. That is your one job. Not holding somebody in their highest would be taking those objections on face value and going, okay, they don't have enough time. They don't have enough money, whatever. No worries. Thanks so much. Conversation closed. That might be an excuse of theirs. If your client, say that you were, you know, say you're a coach and your client was telling you those things when they told you that their goal was, you know, to build their business, let's say, and then they're like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't, I don't, whatever. You wouldn't be standing for that. You would be speaking them through that because that's the opposite of what they've told you they wanted. Like you would be honoring that that's not holding them in their highest if you're not continuing to support them through those things. Sales is the same. And I know that many of you listening to this are coaches, which is why you are naturally great at sales because so much of this is holding somebody through 
those objections and giving them the opportunity to hold them in their highest and having those ongoing conversations. Let's talk about some examples of what that might look like for each of these three objections. So for example, for readiness. So let's say it's something along the lines of, I'm not ready. The I'll never be ready thing. A question that you might then share is, okay, what does being ready really look like for you? What does being ready really look like for you? I'd love to know because it's going to support me to make sure that this is always right for my clients. What does being ready look like for you? In which case they may then go, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. And you might be able to say something like, look, if this doesn't feel right for you, awesome. But what I also know is that so many of my clients share that they're not ready. And for them, it is like based on, you know, feeling like they're perhaps afraid or like, because obviously investing in this is moving out of your comfort zone and it's jumping off a cliff and all of those things. And so what can I do to support you with that? Knowing that based on what you've shared around your challenges, this program seems really right for you. So you can see how that would be an example of supporting somebody and holding somebody through their transformation. Let's talk about a money and time example. A money and time example of I don't have enough money or I don't have enough time. A question that you might then ask is, I know that you shared that this, you know, insert solution here that your product provides is a real priority for you. Does it feel like your financial priorities are aligned with your goals? Such a powerful question. And once again, those of you that are coaches will know the art of powerful questions, because if you ask a question like that, immediately somebody has to think about, are they spending their money in accordance with their goals, in accordance with their values, in accordance with what it is that they want? I have had clients where back when I was doing life coaching, at the very start where I I had conversations with clients where they were like, I want to do this, but I just don't have the money. And, you know, when we, when we started talking and unpacking it, they were spending so much money on clothes and weekends out and Netflix subscriptions. And that actually wasn't a higher value for them than focusing on their personal development, but they were just doing that because it was just part of their programming part of, you know, societal, uh, like this is what I do with my money. And when we started to unpack it, it was like, oh, actually I do have the money for this. I'm just not prioritizing my money where I want to be prioritizing my money right now. Starting to have that conversation is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Something else that's really interesting there is that, you know, especially if we're talking about something that is not business related. So if we're marketing to consumers, so people who are spending out of their own personal finances, something that I often talk about is like, we don't just have a pot of money sitting there for a lot of the services that, you know, you might be providing, say, let's say you're a health coach, you're a life coach. Like we don't just have a pot of money sitting there waiting to work with a coach. And so it's always going to feel like a financial stretch. It's always going to be, I don't have the money (laughs) because it will be a case of finding it. And once again, 
because I know that, you know, I'm just really mindful that I'm making the right points here. There is a difference between having this conversation with somebody who genuinely has the money and somebody who does not. And if somebody tells you that they genuinely do not have the money, unless you're offering a scholarship program, you take that, you hear it and you leave them be. And so this is not, this is not (laughs) about having a conversation with someone where you continue forth without their consent, but it is a conversation that you're having with somebody who is sharing their objections, sharing their excuses, wanting to open up to you. Keep in mind that objections are the start of a sales conversation. They're the start. When you hear them, it is amazing because it's an opportunity to then converse with that person. And if your program is mutually beneficial, support them into that program. When you are utilizing the soulful sales method, what is so amazing is you naturally start to show up with more and more and more integrity than you could ever imagine. You'll do things like go, actually, this program's not right for you because you'll be thinking about that person and what it is that they need based on what they've shared. You will see people who you know the program is so right for them that you are like really, really showing up for them because you're just like, I know this is right for you. Like you're sharing it. You know, you want it. You keep coming back. Like, I know it's right for you. I want you in it, you know? So when you're operating through that lens, sales becomes an entirely different process. And this leads me to the third and final strategy, which is that the fortune is in the follow-up. The fortune is in the follow-up. If you have been a client of mine, you will have heard me say this probably a million times that the fortune is in the follow-up. So a initial conversation is not the end of a sales conversation. The number of times that for my clients that do live launches in a sales process, they might reach out and have a conversation with somebody at the start of the process that uh, says to them, I'm not in for whatever reason. And then at the end of the program, they're like, I'm so in, sign me up, best decision I've ever made. It's huge. It is huge, that difference. And so the only way that you are going to support your people in is to follow up. Let's just talk about like a psychological or I'm going to talk about human design for a second. I was like, how do I want to frame this? I'm going to talk about human design. Something that I find really fascinating within human design is that a large portion of the population, and I can't remember the exact stat, it's over 90% of people. I know that much to be true. Over 90% of the population are primed to respond. So I think it's every single type, human design type, except for manifestors, uh, designed and primed to respond. So we respond to the thing that comes up for us. And so if the majority of the population are designed to respond, then we need to provide the invitation. We need to create an invitation. We need to create an opportunity. And a lot of the time that is going to be a personal invitation. So having a conversation with somebody where you're like, Hey there, have you considered joining me for this program? When I think about the kind of human that I want in this experience, I think of you. 
when I think about the kind of amazing, driven, high-performing, incredible human that I want in this program, I think of you. If you're in solid relationship with your ideal client, those kinds of conversations are powerful because you're saying, I created this for you. I want to support you. This is what it looks like. This is how I can do so. I would love to have you in this. So that personal follow-up is so, so key in the sales process. The person who's constantly clicking through on the sales page, the person who's watching every story, the person who's engaging in every post. Have you had a personal conversation with them yet? Have you had a personal conversation with them to offer them what it is that you're selling? Have you reached out to them to see how you can support them in making that decision? If not, then I recommend doing so. We individually want to be seen and heard and made to feel loved and special. I have been on the receiving end of many of these conversations. And when they are done with heart and integrity, it is the best exchange. I have also utilized this technique many, many times, once again, with full heart and love and genuineness. And when done, I have been told many times by my clients that it has been the thing that has made them want to work with me. When you're starting out in business or you're in the early stages of business, this is a tactic that is especially powerful for you. I call this small list benefits. So if you have a small list, you have a really great opportunity to do this because it's going to be far more time effective for you to be able to reach out to every single person and have that personalized conversation with them, to kick off a chat in DMs and have that conversation with them. Know that the personalized touch and the opportunity to follow up with the people that are opening things, looking at things, witnessing things, engaging with things, like that personal follow-up is everything. And it is so, so important. And it then creates the opportunity for you to have those one-to-one conversations with your clients. This is one of those reasons why I personally really love sales calls. I love discovery calls. I love getting on the phone with people because it's an opportunity for you to have that conversation, see if they're the right fit. And if they are, recognize that you have something that is going to support them and it gets to be a mutually beneficial partnership. And with that in mind, That is how you can sell them into your program, serve them, show up, support them, all of those things. And so keep in mind that the fortune is in the follow-up. Do not be shy. Do not be hesitant. Have those conversations knowing that you're going to get a lot of no's and you're also going to get a lot of yeses. All right. So just as a summary today, we've chatted through building genuine relationships, empowering your potential clients and the fortune being in the follow-up. I have loved this conversation with you and I really, really hope that in sharing it with you, it's supported you to look at sales through a really different lens and see how when you do you can completely change your business and change the way that you show up for your clients. Speaking of selling, I am very, very excited to share that we are already 50% sold out for the Swift Marketing Mastermind for March 2022. Yes, like five months away. (laughs) We gratefully sent it out to the wait list this week 
and which is a week before you're receiving this episode. And we immediately had the most incredible women step into this experience. I am so excited for the women that I get to serve and support in this mastermind. It blows me away the kind of humans that it attracts. If you are interested in joining the mastermind, the best way to get a place and propel your business forward to between 10 and 30K months is to get on the wait list, the Swift Marketing Mastermind wait list, which I will be sharing in the notes, in the notes of this episode. So you can jump on over and jump on that list. I would love to have you in the experience if you are somebody who is earning 2K months at the moment and you're building your business and you are committed to creating an incredible, incredible business for your clients and you are a coach, creative or consultant, I would love to support you. So jump on over to the link here in the show notes and I will chat with you very soon. Have the most amazing day ahead. If you've loved this episode, please jump into my DMs and share with me what you've loved most. It is me who is in there responding in my DMs. And I really, really love having conversations with you about what it is that you're loving and how I can most support you. Big love to you. Have the most incredible day ahead. I'll be back with you soon.